I just need a little bit of guidance. I need somebody to start the car for me, you know, and then show me like, this is the brake. This is the, it's a different car that I haven't driven. So I I need some, you know, I need a little bit of foundation. This is the Bad Life Choices podcast, where our outspoken, opinionated, and caffeinated hosts break down a life choice we can all relate to. Tune in as True Originals Sharita Janelle and her godmother Maria have funny and candid conversations, explore life's pitfalls, and inspire you to make better life choices. Okay, so you always start by asking me a question. I do. But that's all. That's also because a lot of these episodes tend to be Sharita life focused. <laughs> Sharita relatable. That is what we're going to call it. Sharita okay. relatable. However, I think this episode might be a little more relatable to you. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. Ask away. Do you have hopes and dreams that you feel like you haven't fulfilled? Hell yeah. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> I mean, I spent 32 years working in education, which for the most part was great until it wasn't. And that is why I retired in June, this past June, um, not knowing what the future was going to hold. But I do know that I want to do other things. This, for example, um, you know, and the way this came. This being, oh, the podcast. The podcast, yes. <laughs> this. People like, like, they think you're this. showing me something. This. Yeah, no. This being the podcast, which yeah. was not in my original life plan, right? But then when we talked about it, we were like, well, what the hell? Let's just do it. Yeah. So, yeah, this, um, there's places I want to go, you know, things I want to experience, so many things. And I think that's part of the problem is because I have not harnessed and like a plan on how I'm going to about doing all the things. Okay. I mean, do you think it's necessary to do all of them? Is it necessary? No. Do I want to? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Do you think you can? Um, if you want me to answer honestly, right now, I don't <laughs> yes. see. No, please lie, lie yeah. to me. Yes. Please. That's what I would like. So I, right now I have some lofty aspirations and I don't, I don't see how that's possible at the moment, but I do have hope that I can find a way to make it possible. I mean, I think, so for me, you know, I, I always think I can do all the things and I actually start running all the races simultaneously. I don't know how I'd be jumping track to track to track. You do. I don't know whether you're doing the New York marathon, the Boston marathon, if you're, you know, in Portugal running a marathon, the marathon in Athens. I have no idea which one you're on. I'm not in last place though in these, in these marathons. Like I'm not. You are not in last place, but I just can't keep track of which marathon that you are running. I'm just saying. It's, it's like you, I wake up some mornings and I'm just like, huh, that's a good idea. Huh? Maybe. I think I want to go into space. I think I'm going to be an astronaut. No, the, no, they're not. They're not that far fetched. See, that's the difference. I think as I've gotten older, I used to have all the ideas, and as I've gotten older, you know, you're as you know when you're a kid, you're like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You're like, oh, I want to be, I want to be an astronaut, a doctor, and a veterinarian. Like somehow, kids think that they're going to do all that. And I mean, it's nice to dream, but I wish someone would tell the kids you have to pick one, right? Or you have to pick one, or not just pick one, pick one at a time. 
Um, you know what other think- thing the kids do now that we said this, and this is kind of off tangent, is because, I mean, because I've dealt with them for so many years, you ask them what they want to do when, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? I guarantee you 98% of them are going to choose a field that is only attainable by the bare minimum, like the 1%, a professional athlete, a rapper, an actor. Oh, they, you mean the not the, the bare minimum, the elite, the yes, elite crew. Yes. yes so yes. not the bare minimum. So which is great. Top echelon. Of, a, yes. Absolutely. And I always tell okay. them, that's fantastic. And I hope that you achieve your goals. But can we get a plan B? So I mean, I... Plan B's are one thing. I think for me, the biggest thing, because I've, I've, I don't know where it came from, this kind of entrepreneurial mindset that, that I have. I, I don't, I mean, because when I was little, I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. I remember that. So oh, that didn't pan out. <laughs> it didn't, but, but not because I was just, I didn't, I didn't drop out of law school. I never went, I never majored in it. I changed to finance. Um, but it's like, the biggest thing that I think that I've been having to overcome recently, especially since uh, life changes and everything, it's it's this almost, it's a fear, but not like I'm scared to do something because I'm running all the races, but a fear of failure, a fear of, I've kind of put this false narrative out in the world mm-hmm. of, of everyone thinks that, that I'm going to succeed. So if I don't, then what does it look like? But is everyone really thinking that? Because everyone in their mind knows that businesses fail. People don't achieve all of their goals. And what they actually do is just applaud you for trying because there's so many people that don't. So looking at that, that mindset has been something that I have really kind of struggled with. And I can't be the, the only one who feels like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I couldn't do this. I always think of the line from Pretty Woman at the at the end when kit's like she gives her like you know julia robert gives kit some money from her week with 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 rich um uh richard gear richard gear yes and you know she's like here you go kit we think you've got real potential and <laughs> it's just like do i do i and sometimes it's just the just the thought of people believing in you yeah is enough but I mean, if that's not enough, I mean, we 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 do have a guest today that's gonna help. I think all of us. I mean, oh, I think because- so too. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that are not reaching the potential. And do you want to know why I think there are so many people out there not reaching their potential? And I'm going to say that I relate to this so much, mm-hmm. um, is because they don't. They're not quite sure what their potential is. Mm. They're not quite sure. Like for me right now, you know, for 32 years. I knew what my focus was. I knew that I was an educator. I knew that this is what I was meant to be doing until it wasn't. And I knew that I wanted to stop doing it. Now, not that I am, you know, an advocate of this, but I jumped ship without a life raft because Mm. I did not know, nor do I know now what you know, what I can potentially be doing with my life. I'm so, 
so glad you said that. And I just, this was inspired by a, a girlfriend. She just sent me a reel and it said, it was a quote from like Oscar Wilde, I believe, or something like that. It's like, if you wake up in the morning or if you live your life knowing exactly who you are, I'm a teacher, I am this, I am this, that is who you will become, or that's who you will live your life as. But when you live your life with possibilities, you don't know what it will be. And you know, your life becomes this, this search and it's an exploration, it's an adventure, it can be scary. But if you're looking to navigate that, I think you should stick around and listen to our guests because she's absolutely gonna... life coaching yeah. with Nakia. It's going to yes. open up so <laughs> many doors and it's going to open up so many roads and different marathons that you can travel down. Let's let's get to it. Okay, so today we're talking all about not living up to your potential. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Sometimes it's lack of motivation. Sometimes it's just not sure and trying to figure it all out. So we brought in an expert because Maria and I know that we do not know it all. Uh, we have uh, Nakia Prilo Connor is here. She is, I'd say an old like business associate of mine turned um, new friend. So yes, tell us all about yourself how you became a life coach, and how you can help us live up to our potential. I'm a certified life and leadership coach, and my work is centered around goal alignment. So bringing your thoughts, your beliefs, and actions into alignment with your goals, values, and aspirations. Um, my clients do vary, but primarily are aspirational women that are looking to make a real transformation in their lives, either personally or professionally and may feel stuck in some capacity. And that often shows up in their everyday lives in a number of ways, typically overwhelm, fragmented thinking, you know, their minds all over the place and just non-action. They're generally high achieving, they're visionaries with big ideas. Not um, like me. I was just yeah, saying, this is so <laughs> relatable because I'm like, check, everything she's saying, check, check, check. Yeah. Yeah, if you think about your network, network, there's probably other women as well that fall into those categories and men as well, but they typically have allowed self-doubt to creep in and limit them in many ways and almost paralyze them from taking the next big step in their lives that they know that they're ready for. So that's essentially my work summed up. But you, you weren't always a life coach. You used to work as, um, cause I, I remember, I mean, I knew you from New York and so you had a whole nother professional career at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So my background's in business development and strategy and I've worked in the professional services industry, financial services and consumer marketing. And I can kind of give you a little bit of background on what led me down this journey about 13 or so years ago, I was on my own self-development path and came across a lot of the works of some of the thought leaders in the space, like Abraham Hicks and Byron Katie and Dr. Michael Beckwith and Dr. Joseph Murphy, just to name a few. And I was really intrigued. And from there, took it a step further and started to enroll in courses and programs and retreats and went to all the places, Omega Institute and the Catskills and Cropalo in the Berkshires and Open Center here in the city. And it was at those events I started to realize that the facilitators were life coaches. So that, you know, at that point I said to myself, oh, this is something that I'd like to pursue, but it just seemed out of reach and just too far-fetched, you know, given where I was in my career at that time. So, you know, it was in a great promising career path, you know, MBA track and shifting in that direction seemed impractical. And, 
you know, another point that I wanted to just call out is that at that time, the coaches that I saw, they were primarily older and white. So, you know, as a young black woman, it felt inaccessible to me. So it was just one of those things like, you know, that would be nice. I just don't know how to get there. So fast forward to really fast forward to 2019 or so, I noticed a shift in the space and a lot more representation um, in terms of both age and diversity. There's still quite a bit of room, you know, for growth and diversity side, but you know, things are changing as the industry continues to grow. And, um, you know, just being inspired by the shifts that I saw, I thought, well, maybe it's time to revisit this aspiration of mine. And like many during the pandemic, lots of time for introspection. And I started to question, you know, what really made me happy. And I realized that my time in my current career, although I enjoyed it, it was complete. So, um, you know, as my interests continued to grow, I started to immerse myself in all things life coaching content related and started listening to a ton of podcasts, either hosted by or the featured life coaches and spent a ton of hours just researching and came to the conclusion that I should probably pursue getting a certification. So I did that while working from home uh, full-time during the pandemic, and then later made the decision to transition to coaching full-time. And here we are. Well, uh, congrats. Yes, congrats. <laughs> um, so let me ask you a question, because I think it's um, life coaching is relatively new to a lot of people. Um, and I hear life coaching, I hear therapy, and sometimes I hear them used interchangeably, but I know that they are two different things. What I don't know is what makes them different and what are some guidelines that you would give to people that want to know, should they choose a life coach or do they need a therapist? What can you um, tell us that would shed some light on that? So a life coach and a traditional therapist serve different yet complementary roles. That's like the, the best way that I could frame it. So life coaching is essentially future focused with the goal of helping you navigate where you are now to ultimately where you want to be with respect to any aspect of your life. As a life coach, you're almost the facilitator of the change, guiding your client along their personal journey, recognizing that the actual behavioral shift is driven by the individual themselves, of course. And how that differs from traditional therapy, which is led by a licensed mental health professional, is that a therapist can diagnose and treat, you know, emotional and mental disorders and typically really dive deep into your past to address old wounds to help you understand and also to some extent cope with whatever it is that you may be facing in your current emotional state. So both have their own benefits and can actually complement one another quite well. Life coaches and therapists can form a pretty powerful team when working together. And therapists often refer clients to coaches after they found that the individual has reached a state where they're ready to start future planning and goal setting, uh, which is often the next step. But I think what's important is just identify or, or attempt to identify what your needs are. And if it's a therapist, identifying what their client's needs are and the same with the life coach, whether that's starting with unpacking their past you know, with the assistance of a mental health professional or being a little bit more future forward. Okay. okay. That makes so much sense because I think a lot of people are like, you know, I've got a life coach. She's going to help me change my life. And, and then some people are like, you know, but the reason I'm not doing the things I need to do is because of my childhood trauma. Then you need a therapist. Like you don't need a life coach for that. Yes. Great. When, as I mentioned before, you know, sometimes coaches and therapists work together and I've had 
um, some of her, you know, clients over to me and she has her own practice as a therapist. And, you know, sometimes you can get a sense if someone's maybe struggling with some emotional or psychological, you know, disorders of some sort. So it's nice to have a network of people that can assist you along the way as you may need some guidance to think about how best to advise someone. You have a therapist, it can blend with your life coach, but you probably only need one coach because there's so, I I mean, there's so many people, I think that, that have, have recently gone into this, as you said, it's a lot more representation. So I see people that are life coaches, people who are business coaches. Uh, Maria saw someone who was a menopause coach. Like what, how, how does that differ? And then like, are there niches? And then like, and then do, should you only get one on staff? I mean, are we staffing up with all the coaches or how does this work? You know, the industry is growing rapidly and there's an increased awareness of the importance of mental well-being. There's an increased focus on personal development. I think combined with the convenience of technology has made coaching more accept- accessible, um, which has resulted in just a number of interesting niches that we now see within the industry. I think it's as a result of the demand. So coaches are now equipped to provide really specialized knowledge and tools and resources tailored to their clients' needs. So I think that's a positive. And beyond like the typical, as you mentioned, career, health, business, even executive coaching, there are some emerging niches like parenting and family coaching, blended family coaching, um, confidence coaching for those looking to increase their self-esteem, um, intimacy coaches that are focused on empowering both men and women to embrace their sexuality. And Hello, love us. <laughs> exactly. Which I've come across some amazing men and women doing some great work in that space. So I think it's super interesting. And transition coaches for people who are going through midlife or retirement or divorce, mm. menopause coaches, LGBTQIA plus coaches, and the list goes on and on. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think it's figuring out what your goal ultimately is and then identifying who you think may be a good fit for you in terms of working one-on-one with them um, to, to reach your ultimate goal. So it's, it, you know, I think it depends on the individual, but what I would like to emphasize is that fit is really key. Like the specialization is great, but there has to be compatibility. The relationship between a coach and a client is really key. And, you know, you know, my piece of advice, it's perfectly okay or even fair. Um, you know, Maria had asked, like, what should people look for? It's fair to ask um, to speak with a former or existing client to gain a sense of what the experience may be like working with this individual versus reading a static review on their mm-hmm. website. Like, I can't oversee that enough. And also the importance of an intro session of some sort to also gain a sense of their approach and to figure out if there's alignment. Okay, so all of those things that you talked about and the different specialties that coaches are doing, I think are great. There is just one that stands out to me that I think why, and it's just this whole menopausal coach. I just went off the rails when I saw that on Facebook or Instagram or wherever I saw that because I thought, is it really, really necessary to have a coach for menopause? I mean, is that really necessary? But I guess there are some people out there that would think it is. Um, I I relate to a lot of the other things you said right now, specifically when you were talking about transitioning, because I just retired in June. And thank you. Um, I worked for 32 years in the education field, and I just retired in June. And um, so I have a lot of things that I think that I want to do. 
but it is kind of overwhelming to me. And I just, you know, am trying to think of where do I even start? How do I even start? We're doing this, which is one of the things. So I've taken a step, but I know that there are more steps to take. So I think someone in my shoes would benefit from a life coach. And I am me personally, I am much more open to having a life coach than I am to a therapist. And I guess it's because the needs that I have are a little different, like you explained. So I'm glad that you clarified that for us. You mentioned, I think the fact that you have the self-awareness is incredible. Um, many people don't, right? So you're already starting off at a good place. I think, you know, kind of like what you're saying, in addition to just not knowing where to start, what I've found as like an almost trigger for people to mm-hmm. figure out what to do next is that they're tired, right? Like often there's an inflection point of, of some sort that may make people realize that they can't continue to go on as they have and something has to change. That was and exactly the case for me and for my retirement because I was tired. I was tired. I wasn't, so I taught, I wasn't tired of the kids. I was tired of everything else around it and it just did not bring me joy anymore. And I knew that I needed a change. I didn't know what was there, you know, what the next step was going to be. I didn't know what the future looked like, but I knew what the future was not going to look like. So it's, it's figuring out what the future is, you know, just a starting point for me. Like I need to figure that out. Once I figure it out, I'm good to go. I I can get there. I just need to figure it out and you know, it's probably not the best thing to do when you are getting ready to retire, not knowing what comes next, but I just knew I needed a change. And so I decided to take that step. And that's incredible and should, you know, should be celebrated. And I think, you know, what you're describing in many ways is leaning into your intuition, right? Like we each have that inner wisdom that guides us and knows ultimately what is best for us. And you know, we tend to drown it out with just the busyness of our day to day, um, which is often masked in fear, Um, you know, fear of change, fear of failure, fear of success, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes, you know, people know that if I were to do this, this could, this could take off, this could do well. And there's some fear around that fear of the unknown. Um, And you know what you describe, like not necessarily knowing the next step, but knowing that what you're currently doing isn't it. You're listening to that soft voice that's guiding you towards whatever it is that may be true fulfillment for you, right? Um, so it's, I like to call it, it's your internal GPS and listening to your intuition and building that trust muscle is critical. And I like to spend a lot of time with my client, a lot of time rather with my client, um, guiding them through the practices to help them figure out how to do that. Well, I mean, I think that's a big point in regards to like not living up to your potential. It's like, so... I mean, we're not saying that people are just like underachievers, but I mean, you can have these these goals, these aspirations, and you're not like you're not doing well for yourself, but you want to get further. You want to do more. Maybe it's, and maybe that more is something completely different. And then you're like, but, and you have this idea, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had a little boutique and I could sell my little things that I make on the days that I love to make them. And I have customers and I could set my own hours and then I could you know, expand and do consulting. And, and you, you, you paint out this picture. And then you're like, 
but wait, okay, I know what it wants to look like, but how do I get there? Right. And then what if it doesn't work out? And then what if I need an investor? And what if I let them down? And so it's like this kind of like you you start second guessing yourself, even though you've painted this perfect picture in your mind and you're like, this sounds great. And then you never take any steps towards doing it. So how do you get people to start doing that? Like for those that are like at home, like, yeah, I had that idea, but I haven't done anything. Or, or they, maybe all they did was look up something and then- Okay, great. You did some research, but you haven't actioned on anything. Definitely. That's that's a fantastic question. And what I try to do is just help my clients recognize that as you expand and grow, there is naturally going to be some inherent resistance, right? That being what is a desire to stay within the frame of what is familiar, right? And anything that is unfamiliar will activate your nervous system to react accordingly to protect you. So our brains are hardwired to detect threats in our environment. So when you introduce something new into the equation, it may interpret that unknown as a potential threat and trigger a fight or flight response. So what you're feeling, it, that resistance is normal. And you know what I find helpful kind of along what we were discussing before is when that fear starts to creep up, one way to identify it is that it tends to feel like a pushing energy as if you're pushing away or trying to avoid perhaps the judgment of others. Um, this is something that my coach helped me work through. Every good coach has a coach. And in your body, it shows up as an unsettled, tense energy. And with fear, you know, your inner critic is front and center. So lots of harsh internal dialogue and critique. It encourages you to hide, to hold back, and even compromise. Where your intuition, on the other hand, has a pulling energy as if your decision is moving you even closer towards what's in your best interest, even if it means, you know, taking a risk. So if you're feeling, I tell my clients, if you're feeling resistance, but know that you're following what is truly meant for you, really examine if it's your intuition cautioning you in some way that there may be misalignment or if it's simply fear. Right. So can you give us an example of some clients that you have helped to reach their potential and without, you know, breaking any kind of confidentiality, what were some things that were holding I them I need their back? name, their mother's right. maiden name, their address. Their social security, their social last security four digits of their social security number, you know. And if you could, blood type. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you yeah. just, you know, just so our listeners have an example, because they might be wondering, is this me? And I'm thinking if you give a couple of examples, then they might see that, you know, yes, this is me. I could benefit from a life coach. There's, there's one client in particular that stands out. I worked with a woman who was offered a pretty significant promotion at her company. She took the role knowing that it was a it was a stretch and not the exact direction that she wanted to head in professionally, but was enticed by the perks and the salary and the title and all the things. She was also a new mom. So after just a few months, it was obvious that she was really unhappy. Her partner also had a really demanding career. So the baby was left with their childcare provider for the majority of the day and even early evening. So, you know, she was super conflicted and came to the conclusion on her own that something had to change and soon. So we went through the framework, which I can describe, but essentially it's, you know, identifying some of the limiting beliefs, navigating the self-doubt, learning to trust yourself. Um, then we get into like the, the future planning and the taking action. But the area where she was stuck was in the trusting yourself piece. Mm. So... We spent quite a bit of time in that space 
And she came to the realization that she could do her exact role, potentially with even higher pay as a fractional CMO, fractional chief marketing officer, where she'll have more flexibility to attend to her family. And she got into fifth gear on her own. And aside from finding work that was more aligned with her lifestyle, the real victory in my view was the improved relationship with her partner and the new sense of balance and happiness that she found as a result. So she's thriving and doing well. This is a new mom that stopped herself from spiraling and recognized that she's ultimately in control. I mean, it's stories like hers that really remind me of the profound impact that coaching can have on an individual in a relatively short period of time. Like this all happened within less than six months. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's the thing, trusting yourself, because when you have an idea, generally you, I mean, people, I mean, unless you're like me and you just wake up one morning, like, I think I should do this. Um, and sometimes that happens, but a lot of my ideas, like I sit on, they're well thought out. They're, they're, they're businesses that could start, but you know, you have so many ideas and then next thing you know, time passes. So what do you say to people or people who are thinking they need a coach or they want a coach or they want to live up their, their potential, but they're like, man, has my prime passed? Like, I don't know if I have enough time to achieve this goal. You know, I'm in my forties, I'm in my fifties. Like, should I just say, forget it and sit down? So I mean, like, what, what, how, how do you approach this kind of like time versus like energy and what you like your actual fuel that you want to do? Like what, what, is there like a way to really balance those two and, and in regards to achieving things? Is, it, is it ever too like, late? Is it ever too yes. late for someone to reach their potential? And especially in today's society. I mean, if you just look at our seniors, right? Look how active folks are. People are retiring in their 50s and 60s and creating entirely new lives for themselves, whether that's finding a new partner, if they were perhaps married for 25, 30 years to one person, they get back out there and find love again and decide to switch careers. I'm finding a lot of people are, which is interesting, are considering an international move, right? Like there are things that are happening. We, we've talked about all, all of this, which is so funny. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, they're happening at all different phases of life. And getting back to the international move piece, you know, what I find interesting now is that the number of people that are exploring a move outside of the U.S., right? And of course, it does make sense. Like if you think about the cost of living here mm -hmm. relative to the quality of life right now. You know, in many respects, it does make sense, but it's people of all different ages and backgrounds who are now reassessing their lifestyle and open to doing something completely different that they had never envisioned before. When, so, when this episode comes out, I'll probably be in week three of my Portugal adventure. Oh, so yeah, exciting. <laughs> I had to add to the list because I've seen two other friends of mine do the exact same thing. Yeah. So, and who knows, you know, where, what the future holds for myself as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But basically you're saying there's not, don't stop worrying about the time. It's, it's, you know, it's like each day we wake up, it's a clean slate. We can start over. It's never too late. You know? All that, all that ties back into that fear. It's thoughts, your belief system. And that's why I think it's really important to spend some time there before you start, you know, with the goal setting and what you want to do that's great but let's let's start from where you currently are and what beliefs may be impeding mm. or hindering your progress in some way in, in some regards you may be aware of in some aspects you may have a blind spot too i really like that you said though that every day is a clean slate because i know um i'm 
pretty optimistic, but there have been times in my life where I have sat and thought, well, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, so forget anything else because I can't erase the past. But you know what? I guess you you can't necessarily erase the past, but you can start new. And you, can, you yeah. can't rewrite your past, but you can rewrite your ending. Absolutely. That's, that's so profound and amazing. That's 100% true. And I think what happens is because, you know, psychologically, again, our brains are like, well, you tried that before or you tried X, Y, Z before and that didn't work out for you, you know, caution, right? Like that sign goes up, like perhaps we should pump the brakes or slow down. Um, someone that I know was saying in a group setting, oh, I'm not a good public speaker. And the entire group was like, we've been talking to you for like three days. You're an amazing public speaker. Yeah what would make you think that? And as we kept talking, this is a person in their, like, you know, older millennials, right. <laughs> like our, like kind of in this age group. And they were holding on to a presentation they did like their freshman year of undergrad. Yeah. Right? Wow. Like, oh, I did this. I'm like, that was 10 years ago. Like, we're going to leave that back You there. know what I find sometimes? I find that people, and maybe you can kind of touch on this. I find that people when they're younger and let's say they're graduating from high school, you know, getting ready to go off to a university or going to a trade school or whatever it is that they're going to do, they have somewhat of an outline for their life, right? And then somewhere along the line, I, I, I'm very hard pressed to find somebody whose life plan looks exactly like what their life has transpired to be. Oh my God. If I, if I could have predicted this, I should have won the lottery 18 times because no one would have predicted. (laughs) I mean this, you know, the things that I had planned for my life when I was 18 years old, life has taken a whole different turn for me. And I think that's the case with a lot of people. And I think that's where some of the frustration comes in. And also some of the fear of what now? How do I change it now? Is it possible? Because at this point in my life, I should have been retired, living in Portugal, you know, I had three grandchildren. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, do you find that a lot in your, in your line of work with your clients? Do you actually, what's interesting is that sometimes when you drill down, a lot of this stems from kind of the exposure and conditioning from our childhood expectations, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the values, the beliefs and norms that were imposed upon us. So a lot of these, you know, ideals of how we envisioned our lives turning out to be aren't even our dreams. Um, In many regards, they're, you know, people in our our closest environments who just, you know, impose a lot of this on us. I mean, you sit down and think about, is this really what I want? Or is that what I really wanted? Was I in some way fulfilling some some other expectation. Um, So again, it's just thinking through like, what is it that you truly want? And perhaps deciding today or whatever day that you decide to start, that I'm gonna leave that behind. And from this point on, determine what it is that I want for myself, irrespective of anyone else's acceptance or approval. And as back on the age thing, as we grow older, our pursuit of our like true identity doesn't stop. It just shifts. 
you know, I really love that. And I feel like at some at some point, like I'm almost at this point of my therapy journey to where I, I you know, we had an episode about going to therapy, how I feel like my therapist is almost like my accountability coach now. We're still working through some relationship things, but in regards to the life things, she's keeping me like on track with kind of building and carving out this next stage of, of my life. And it's like, maybe I do need to like get a coach next. And that's the thing. So if someone was like looking to get a coach or to work with you, like, do they need to be certified? They have to be like, what, you know, how can they find you? And then like, what, what other things, if they're not in your area or you're in, not in the specialty, because as you said, it needs to be a connection, you know, what kind of things should they look for? Well, on the certification piece, being certified certainly isn't required to practice, but I do believe that having uh, you know, certification is beneficial, not just for credibility, but also, you know, when you think about having the tools needed to fully support your clients in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and also, you know, uh, as of right now, there's no governing body regulating the industry that's likely to change, especially as demand continues to increase and the field becomes even more mainstream. But being certified, you know, it plays an important role and it just ensures that you know, the coach is maintaining some standard of quality and, and ethics before, you know, completion. So um, I'd say it's not required, but, you know, I do think there's a benefit for individuals who are um, considering working with a coach, looking for a certified coach. And your other question. Oh, like, oh they, and if they want to work with you, like what, what are what kind of clients are you taking on? Are you looking sure. for, I mean, is it kind of like, I want to work with people who are trying to, you know, get to the next stage of their career, who are trying to do family. Going through menopause, kind of no. Pause, or, or, do you, or do you work with all people of all walks of life and you kind of can tailor your your coaching to help them? Is it like a, a should should individuals find the right coach or are, are coaches looking for certain type of individuals to work with? I think it's both. Um, for okay. myself, as I mentioned, kind of in the beginning, I tend to attract women that are super aspirational. They have big goals, sometimes don't know where to start or they know where to start, but you're just allowing that self-doubt to interfere with them taking the next big step. Um, and in terms of my offerings, I do individual coaching where I really work with you one-on-one to get a deep understanding um, of, to help you get a deep understanding of yourself and align your thoughts and your goals and the values together to just create a pathway to reaching your full potential. Um, and I'd say like, you know, one of the goals with, coaching in general, you know, that I offer is to recognize, and we touched on this, that it's not the events in our lives in the past that shape us, but rather our beliefs about what those events mean that often have the most profound impact on our future. So that's what I do on the individual side. I am launching a hybrid program, which will be both one-on-one and online modules called Actualize. It's 12 weeks hybrid framework and it's really designed to help you reach radical personal growth so rewiring old negative thought patterns uncovering hidden desires and learning to lean into your intuition i, I know right i'm just i'm just shaking my <laughs> head over here like yeah this, I was like, I was this like, sounds I, this, good um, by the time this episode launches the program yeah we, oh. we will include a link to it if, if all okay. this sounds amazing which it right. does right. i don't know anyone who's like no i just want to i mean so i guess there are people who just want to sit on the sofa and that's great, yeah. that's great. Right. Right. Listen, there's that's nothing wrong with sitting on the sofa every now and then right yeah. i mean and if you want to do that all the time then that's your yeah. prerogative but you know if you want to do something a little bit more and you just don't know how to get there this is all sounding like fantastic to me so yeah you know, and I guess, and people shouldn't 
shouldn't think that that their potential does you know what i mean it doesn't have to be like president of the united states they don't have to be these high like extra like large goals it just could be i mean they don't have to be super lofty it can just be like maybe i just want to take this next medium step it doesn't even have to be a big step right i am I mean, going to be the next leader of the universe no. <laughs> right right which is okay too, but it can be even a more you know shorter term goal, right? Okay. It doesn't have to be yeah. the most expansive. Yeah. It's you know you decide, and sometimes yeah. it's just reminding people that you have that agency and authority is all they need to hear. Um. So yeah. So that's it. And I was also going to mention I also have a coaching for corporations offering, as the name suggests, it's fully customizable coaching experience, um, really designed to address the initiatives and values that are aligned to the company strategy. Um, so that's something that I offer as well. So you said earlier that when you're looking to connect with a coach, that you should not be afraid to ask them for um, some of their um, clients' uh, information so that they can you know, connect with them and see what their experience is like with that particular coach. Um, I know you also said that you want to make sure that your what you're looking for is what the coach can provide because like you did say earlier, there are some you know specializations out there. So if there's, I know I keep touching on this, but if there's someone going through menopause, they're not gonna look to a business coach, right? So- Right, right. Typically, so, no, you never right? know. But, <laughs> but then, so I, and you've given us a lot of insight on what coaches do and the difference between coaches and therapists. And I think we've learned so much from everything that you said. Um, are there any last words of wisdom that you would like to impart on our listeners um, about coaching or just, you know, about life in general? I mean, you know, I often refer to myself as a self-improvement enthusiast. Um, I once used the term junkie, but I'm like, that's a negative connotation. Um, but I just say, stay curious, you know, stay curious, try to be proactive <laughs> in any way that you can. And however you decide to enhance or enrich your life doesn't have to make sense to anyone else but yourself. Oh my God, I love that. So. I say that all the time. It's your life. You go to sleep with yourself. You wake up with yourself. It is you that has to be satisfied. And the other thing that I always say, Sharita will tell you, life is life short. Is Do short. not waste no, your no. time. Well, if you are sitting at home and you are thinking about doing something else, no matter how big or small it is, and you feel as though you're not motivated or the fear is what's holding you back, get up, call Nakia, look online, Absolutely. Find, find, a, find a coach that matches with you. And I think no matter what, it's like, we always talk about the bad decisions, but this bad decision is one that it could definitely be a positive if you just like switch it around, like living up to your potential. I mean, everyone has that has it within them. And there's always just a little roadblock, whether it's that imposter syndrome or fear or whatnot. And as soon as you get over that hump, oh, it's going to feel so good. It's going to feel so good. It's like climbing <laughs> just, to the top of a mountain and you're so tired and you want to give up and you just, you're looking for little shortcuts oh my God. and other ways. But that view. But once but you view. get to the top, damn, does it look good. <sighs> And, you're like, I'm just going to stay here on the side of the rock. The side of the rock is right. not a good place to be. Right. Right. I'm going to hang from this cliff. Yeah, I love this. I love this. Well, I hope that we've all, like, we've inspired you. And thank you so much for giving all your wisdom. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah. I feel like I am going to accomplish everything on my list today um, and tomorrow. Bad choice, good story, lesson learned. Thanks so much for listening. Like what you've heard? 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, like this episode, and follow us on Instagram and TikTok. For more Bad Life Choices, tune in next week.